Welcome to the Bold Survivor Collective. I'm Contessa Aiken. This is the place where we take a stand. We rise up. We no longer allow trauma to be our voice or to be who we are. We pee into the wind. We run forward to our deepest desires and we don't stop until we get there. I hope you enjoy this episode. Dive right on in. We are jumping into the nervous system, which is my favorite part. Okay, I love complicated stuff. I don't know how you guys feel about complicated stuff. (laughs) Hopefully I'm going to make the nervous system a little less complicated for you, but I've like dug into the nervous system because it seems like one of the most complicated systems of the body and I love complicated stuff. I was a jet engine mechanic on F-15, you guys. Um, I'm not sure if I, if you guys know that or not. Probably not. Now you do. <laughs> I was in the Air Force, and I was a jet engine mechanic on F-15s and F-16s. And while it seems like it's such a complicated system, I love, love, love it because I really simplified it probably a little too much. It sucks air. It compresses it down, it goes. So it sucks, it blows, it goes. That's what a jet engine is, guys. If you understand that, you can work on a jet engine. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Okay. Maybe that was a little oversimplified, but I love the nervous system. So let's dig in. So what we'll cover here, the elegant design of the nervous system, the window of tolerance, resourcing, fight, flight, Right. There's actually, I think, seven F words here that I have for you. And then the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. So let's dive right on in. Okay. So the elegant design of your nervous system, it does pretty much one thing, and that is keep you in balance. I love to talk about the brain and has one job, one sole function, one thing to do, one thing only. And that one thing is to ensure your survival. It sends signals to the rest of your body in a very complicated fashion, but it's all for one purpose, to ensure your survival. Your nervous system, same. That is a complicated system of intricate design all over from head to toe, and it's designed to do one thing, one thing only, and that is to keep you in balance. That's it. And some people may word that a little bit differently, right? I just heard myself. Some people may say regulated, right? So whatever speaks to you and is about regulating your system, keeping you in balance, at any rate, it's designed so that you can tolerate and experience life, connection, the things that we're talking about here today. So the window of tolerance. I didn't realize this, but on the last call, I thought everybody knew about the window of tolerance. <laughs> Not everybody knows about the window of tolerance, so I'll, I'll stick with it for just a little bit longer here. The window of tolerance is basically this, um, your nervous system's window to be able to deal with overwhelming events, to protect us, to um, send signals to your body, to ensure your survival, to work together with your brain and stuff. This is the window of tolerance. That's what I mean by that. It is basically like, this is a wall, this is a wall, there's the window pane in the middle, 
And what's happening in there is you are able to take care of yourself, to resource yourself, to come back if you get triggered, um, if an overwhelming life event is happening, if trauma is happening at that moment, that you take care and mitigate and ensure your safety and survival and then come out of it on the other side. So the window of tolerance kind of encompasses a lot, but at its most basic level, the window of tolerance is the window in which you you can live life, be connected, and if something overwhelming happens, you don't go outside of this window, which means you don't get tipped over to the other side and go to completely numbed out or shut down or depressed or suicidal. I was definitely, definitely outside of my window of tolerance, right? Um, and so that is your window of tolerance. When you think about fight and flight, there's a lot of efforts here. Got to make sure to say them slowly, calmly. I get excited with this kind of stuff. So you have a couple of different things happening. You have hyper arousal, which is fight and flight. That is in motion. If you're there and you're in your window of tolerance, right? You're mobilizing in a healthy, positive way. I love to throw stuffed animals at a wall so freeing. And anyway, <laughs> but if you're outside of your window of tolerance, maybe you uh, are sitting in anger or irritability or you're overwhelmed or you're frustrated, but you're stuck there. You're not necessarily mobilized, if you will. And we'll get more in depth here in just a second. So just stay with me. So we can only stay in the hyper space and activation for so long, our bodies can only handle so much of that. So then we have hypo arousal, which is the uh, freeze response, which is coming down from that, right? And um, it can look like being numbed out, zoned out, shut down. Um, and really, when you think about hyper up, hypo down, we can only withstand so much up here. So usually a hypo arousal comes shortly after a hyper arousal. So it's important to know that if you're up here and you're angry and you're irritable and you're overwhelmed, you're outside of your window of tolerance and you're like, yeah, uh, then you're going to naturally experience a low after that. And so some people, because there's this yin and yang, this swing between up and down, that that really disturbs their system, their nervous system, and they stay outside of their window of tolerance and can't find their way back. And like me, some people get to the place of suicide. If you're not an extreme case like me, maybe you stay stuck. Maybe you feel uneasy. Maybe you're unhappy. Maybe you just feel frustrated all the time. Maybe you feel unheard. Is any of this starting to sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> Guilt, shame, all of that stuff lives in there. So um, resourcing is a really important skill set, especially if you've experienced trauma and this window of tolerance is something that you typically fall out of frequently. So a couple of things to help you with resourcing. The first one is tracking. We're going to do that when we get to the tool, but it's important to be able to listen to your body to hear it, to understand the signals that it's giving you, to be able to just practice being a witness to what your body is experiencing and what it's going through so that you can act accordingly. You can, um, let's see, 
resourcing is really all a practice that expands your window of tolerance. So some of our windows of tolerance are like this. I can't handle anything. Don't throw anything my way. And some of our windows of tolerance are go beyond the the bounds of this, this window that we're in here. <laughs> they go way far out, right? So resourcing really is all about just being able to expand and magnify your window of tolerance, which gives you the ability to deal with more things that are overwhelming, to deal with more traumatic things. Because like I said, all the way back in the beginning, we all experience trauma and we're all constantly experiencing something that is traumatic. And some are bigger and some are a bit smaller. Some are direct, some are indirect, right? But at some level, whenever we experience overwhelming events, that is a trauma. And so resourcing is your way to be able to expand your window of tolerance, to be able to deal with trauma in a more productive, healthy way. Um, yep. Okay, so we're going to talk about the stages of trauma. And so we're not talking about we're uh, like in the trauma where it's already over, but our system hasn't regulated yet. Our nervous system hasn't balanced out yet. We're going to start at the beginning of trauma when trauma is starting to happen. It's important to understand the neurobiology of trauma and the stages that you actually go through from start to um, all the way to an extreme so that you know where you're at in the stage so that you know how to get out of that. So the first stage is freeze. And this is not like the freeze, you know, fight, flight, freeze. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the freeze right when a trauma is starting to happen and you stop, look, and listen so that you can assess where the trauma is coming from, what it is that is threatening or dangerous so that your body and your brain and your nervous system has a chance to basically say, wait, danger is coming. Where is it coming from? That is the freeze starting to happen. Then you go into flight and fight. And I told you guys, you know, I used to be a fighter. So all I did was fight. And literally your first response will always be to run, to flee. If you cannot, then you will resort to fight. And so I did, ne did not have the ability to run from my circumstances when I was younger. So fight is what I did. And I fought everybody. <laughs> it's not funny because I was really causing harm to people and I was harming myself as well. And it's a, you know, one of those things where I made a list of regrets and I went back to make amends for those things. And um, it was quite liberating to do that, but it doesn't mean that it took away from their pain as well. Right. So probably should stop making such light of that, but I was a fighter and there were times where I was proud of it. And there are times where I was not proud of that. Okay, so you immediately freeze, assess, stop, look, listen. Then you will look for a way out to run. If that's not possible, you will fight. If neither of those are possible, then you will go into fright. So fright is more of the panic where you feel anxiety sit in, dizziness, nauseousness, 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 lightheadedness, tingling, that kind of stuff. That is fright. Think about being scared, literally stiff, right? That's fright. That's whenever you've assessed the situation from freeze, flight and fight have not worked and not gotten you to safety. Then you will go into your next case is 
fright. Um, and this really is about panic. After that is what's called flag. And this is kind of the collapse, if you will. The, the parasympathetic nervous system is starting to shut down to ensure your survival. It's all about immobilization, demobilizing, so that you can uh, disassociate, remove yourself. And disassociation, I want to make sure it's clear here. Um, whenever I was sitting on the couch and my babies were crawling up on me and my husband was sitting next to me, but I could not even tell you what was happening in the room. I was disassociated. I was removed. When you think about physical body, emotional body, those things were in two very different places. Um, and I share this more in the membership area, but whenever I actually get coached, right, I, uh, especially when I'm processing a deep trauma, I will literally sit back and be able to see that I'm physically two different people, two different places. And I'm, I'm sitting at my desk right here and up here, I've got a corner of my house. And so literally it's like, I can sit here and be like, okay, I'm Contessa that's down here in a physical experience. And then there's Contessa up there, like trying to get the hell out of here. <laughs> and so what's great about the work that we're doing to you today and the tool is it helps to bring these two experiences back together. It brings me back to my body so that I can reconnect and say, I'm outside of my window of tolerance. I'm done. Stop. Or I disassociated and did that as a habit or pattern. And now that I'm back, I am inside my window of tolerance and I want to do more work and push further. I know it is funny because I say all the time, when people see my name pop up on their phone, my clients, uh, it incites fear. <laughs> it usually takes them like an hour before they call me back because that is literally a, a trauma almost, right? Because not everybody is excited about doing deep internal work. <laughs> it's, it's hard work and it can be traumatic to unearth and uncover all that stuff and tell the truth and, and all that good stuff. And inside the membership, it's so fun because the people who show up on the coaching calls are always like, oh, like, I don't know why I showed up. But then at the end, they're like, oh, I feel so much better. And it was in those moments that I was realizing that it wasn't me that was traumatizing all these people by calling them. It was the level of work that they were ready to do or not do that basically seeing my name on their phone signified. So when you think about flag and the disassociation process that happens, this is a normal trauma response, right? And this can lead all the way when you're completely disassociated. Um, then in FLAG also, there are some voluntary things that normally happen. You have control over like uh, talking, uh, sound, seeing, texturally feeling things that start to become uh, less uh, voluntary, if you will. I mean, they still naturally happen. Your body's going to make that happen because they're necessary for your survival, but your heart rate will drop and these things become more difficult. That's the word I was looking for. And so they this can go all the way to the most extreme response, which is faint. So that's a lot of F words. Freeze, stop, look, listen, flee, fight, <gasps> fright, flag, and now we're at faint. And it is exactly what it sounds like. You literally are out of consciousness. This is your body's way, again, of ensuring your survival. And so it is 
it naturally puts you into a, a faint situation so that it can put you in a horizontal place so that your blood flow comes back up into your brain. And it's also your body's way of trying to expel anything that's not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's not beneficial to it, like poison and, and, and uh, things like toxic, things, toxic things. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and so it actually is activating the vagus nervous system to promote the loss of like um, being able to not throw up in the moment or bow, things like that. That's what happens in you lose voluntary control over whether you've got bowel movement control, vomiting, because your body is trying to get rid of toxicity. And so that's your nervous system trying to regulate itself and come back from a traumatic experience in the moment. Okay, so remember, that's all the stuff that happens in the moment. The problem is, is that oftentimes when we go through that, then we get stuck in one of them usually the fight, flight, or freeze. Fright, in this case, when I'm talking about it, right? Um, that's usually where we get stuck. And when you think about your relationships, uh, where what do you typically do? Do you flee? Do you run emotionally? Are you open? Are you available? Are you engaged? Are you in? Or do you run for the hills? Do you disassociate? Do you remove yourself? Do you fight? Are you always fighting them? right? Or are you frozen? Are you panicking, uh, worried all the time, right? Um, think about that. That's usually where uh, survivors get stuck is we get stuck in the fight, flight, or freeze. And this is kind of like where we get to list, start listening to our body because we have two um, nervous systems that are trying to do a function for us and we're ignoring them. So we have the sympathetic nervous system. This is your body trying to mobilize, fight, mobilize, flee, mobilize. That's all about action and movement, right? Your parasympathetic nervous system is more about demobilization. It needs to be still. It needs to rest. And so your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system does this dance and it's in rhythm with each other. And usually a trauma is what gets this rhythmic system all out of whack and they're not able to really be in rhythm with each other. So a couple of things you can do whenever you are experiencing like anxiety, you're like ex you know, overly excited or anxious. This is your sympathetic nervous system saying, hello, we need to mobilize. We want to take action. We need to move our bodies. We want to release stress, let go of anger. So if you're feeling those things that your sympathetic nervous system giving you a clue saying, move, move your ass. I heard like my drill instructor just now. <laughs> okay. I won't go all full on drill instructor on you. So a couple of things you can do that are healthy and productive to move. I already gave you one if it's anger, right? Throw some stuffed animals up against the wall. Go for a walk. Ground yourself into the earth. Beat on a punching bag if you want to. I love beating on my couch. I don't know why. I, it's really soft <laughs> and I layer it up with blankets and pillows and then I beat the shit out of it. It is... So awesome. So yes, anger is welcome here. It is an emotion just like all the other ones. And if you're feeling it, it is your body's way of saying mobilize, 
move, do something with it. And by contrast, on the other side of that, if you're feeling depressed or numbed out or shut down, that is your parasympathetic nervous system that is trying to tell you to demobilize, slow down, rest, digest. And that's what it's trying to get you to do. I love to take a nap whenever I'm feeling this or take a hot bath or slow down. I will stop, even watch just mind-numbing TV that I don't have to necessarily pay attention to. But if I do, I get a good chuckle out of like stand-up comedy is my favorite. Okay. Restoring a connection to uh, a loved one and there's a key component here and that is safety. If you have a loved one, but you do not feel safe or trust them, then restoring a connection to them is not the way to go. Safety and trust, super important ingredient here. If that's missing towards um, a loved one or a friend, uh, then go to an animal. We have dogs and cats around here. So if I am feeling in the demobilized place, I'm feeling a little bit shut down um, or going to numb, then I will spend time with my animals. I will have a German Shepherd. He's always mobilized, by the way. <laughs> but um, I will have him just come in the room. And sometimes I need him to be close. And sometimes just having him in the room is enough. So think about protection and protective qualities of a person or an animal. And that will be what helps you to demobilize and nourish that parasympathetic nervous system. So remember immobilization with safety. Super important to get you actually into the place where you can legit relax and do it without guilt or shame and all the other stuff that can tend to uh, whitewash our relaxation efforts and take it and steal it away from us. So that was a lot. I know that was a lot. Batting cages, yes. Um, one of my favorite things to do or, okay, this is this is a true story. I'm not going to lie. I like to go play putt-putt golf, but I hit it a little too hard. So <laughs> sometimes my goal is not the hole, but the hole in the next one. And of course, you know, being respectful if there's anybody in front of me. So we covered the elegant design of the nervous system, your window of tolerance, resourcing. We actually covered seven F words, but really it was about coming back and letting you know that we get stuck in fight, fright, or freeze. Freeze. A lot of effort. And then we talked a little bit about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So, thank you for listening to this episode on the Bold Survivor Collective. I'm Contessa Aiken. Subscribe to this podcast so that you can get more and join us over on the private Facebook group, The Bold Survivor Collective, where we come together and keep the conversation going and we keep on thriving, y'all. Bye.